Jesus actually went in and platted a whip and then went in and whipped those people out of the temple and turned and kicked over their tables. Hold on, hold on. We got to back up. You're talking about Jesus went into... Jesus was kicking tables? I feel like this is something from the movie Tombstone now. I know. What if it's not about a building? What if it's not about stained glass or steeples? What if it's about just Jesus? All right, Corey, we're going to be really be leaning on you on this one, man. You know those bracelets? Savannah, you mentioned them last time. What would Jesus do? No, Did we wear those in high school all the time? Because oh, I did. Man, yeah, everybody did. That was a huge thing back in the early 2000s, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean... What would Jesus do? Every time I get cut off on the on the in traffic or in the parking lot or or someone makes me mad, even my wife, my kids, or or just some stranger on the streets, the first thing you think about doing is is not going up and apologizing or saying, mm-hmm. Hey, I'm sorry I've offended you. But what would Jesus do, Corey? Well, he wouldn't punch him. <laughs> I always say, I'm going to cut him. <laughs> You've been watching those mobster shows. <laughs> I'm going to cut him. My Peaky Blinders. <laughs> oh, man. That's the hardest thing about being a Christian, though, is, is what would Jesus do? And what's the expectation there? And I feel like I talk about expectation a lot. I feel like I've got a uh, a black and white, you know, like, mm-hmm. a, like a right and wrong. And then there's no gray. There's a ton of gray. You want like that 1950s manual of... This is what a housewife looks like. Right, that's it. This is a- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I just, I think that retaliation and coming into um, how to react is one of the greatest things that we could ever learn as being like Jesus why is it always, if I'm mad about something, I'm ready to retaliate, to cut somebody, like I said. But like, if my husband gets mad or he always comes to me because he knows that I'm going to be the voice of reason and I will tell him, look, calm down. Think about this. Do you really want to do this or that because this person made you angry? Think about how that makes you look or sound. I can do that for other people. Because you take the emotion out of it. Yeah. And you're not emotional at that moment. You're not upset at that moment. You you haven't been triggered or bumped at that mm-hmm. moment. I've not been wronged. Yeah. <laughs> the, the kids played for a soccer coach. She had a 24-hour rule. After the game, you couldn't talk to her for 24 hours about a situation that happened, mm. which, which makes sense. You know, it gives everyone time to calm down, take the emotion out of it. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, in Deep the morning, let, let us get our coffee and then let's talk. Right. <laughs> yes. But I, I never saw anybody that was emotional and, and really worked up follow that 24-hour rule. <laughs> just run over there and start talking to her, you know? That is crazy. And it is according to what you're dealing with and, and what, what you've been faced with is how you're going to react. But it is in the heated moments. It is when you're like volcanic and your your tempers are flying, you know, or maybe they should be, or somebody would think they would be, that's when it counts. That's when it counts the most. Say you are like a, a person that's in the military. Um, it, it is a whole different story 
when you're in the heat of the battle and I'm sure bullets are coming at you, how are you going to be able to react and and not get killed mm-hmm. or not step into you know a place or react in a way you shouldn't that that your life is on the line it really is that important to react a certain way when you're under fire spiritually mike tyson said everybody has a plan until you get punched in the face <laughs> And oh, that, 100%. It, it's not a literal punch to the face, but sometimes it feels like it. And man, my, my plan goes out the window sometimes, right? <laughs> it does. But yes. you know what? I feel like sometimes, and this is terrible. I don't know if this is just like how my brain works. Maybe I'm, but I feel like the more calm, cool, quiet, and collective you are, the worse it is on the other person. Because they're wanting also to get that out of you but sometimes that's what perry our other grown kid she said you know that was really scary when i heard you talk to that person like that she said because you were just calm who were you talking quiet (laughs) so this lady at a store perry had gone into to get something framed for me well she had accused perry of stealing the frame perry was taking something in and so i called that lady and i was really nice and quiet and calm, <laughs> but my tone, she was like, that was terrifying. So I feel like sometimes that can be worse than So exploding. Perry, your daughter said that was terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, that's scary. All right. So let's, let's take your example. Yep. Okay. So they, they wronged your family somehow mm-hmm. and you retaliated with a, a stern, quiet assertiveness. Mm-hmm. Instead of yelling and carrying on. Yeah. So what's what's the expectation, Corey? What do you think? I think there's nothing wrong with that at all. As as long as you didn't, as some people say, get out of the kingdom. I mean, like. Well, I mean, I, I didn't say bad stuff and I didn't yell and carry on, but I felt like that was more effective in a way they knew I meant business than yelling and screaming. But it's still, I was trying to be mean about it. <laughs> we can't let people just railroad us because. Because we do, because we're Christians. It doesn't mean we just fall over and let them take over us, right? Yeah, people people think that you're supposed to be helpless and harmless and, and those things. I mean, you got to remember when people had went so far uh, away from God and even started using the, the holy temples to do business and transactions and make profit. Jesus actually went in and plaited a whip, took the time to plaid a whip together, and then went in and whipped those people out of the temple and hold turned on, and on. kicked over their tables. Hold on, hold on. We got to back up. You're talking about Jesus went into... Jesus was kicking tables? I feel yes. like this is something from the movie Tombstone. Now, hold on. I know. So yes. Jesus went in kicking tables and... You said he made a, a whip? Yes, he, he took not only, I mean, people just, you read that. So I've heard so many people just read that Jesus plaids a whip. Literally takes the time. <laughs> he sits down and takes the time to plaid a whip 
He wasn't calming down. Which, he was- <laughs> yes, which means he's he knows exactly what he's doing. Like so many people think, oh, to be like Jesus, you you must be just harmless as a dove. You must be, you know, this helpless, you know, uh, humble, and all that's true. But there are times that God just he doesn't want us to be run over like a rug. And that's what so many people think. So are we still in the mode of eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, hand for a hand? Not really. Hold on. Now, why did he get upset about this? You say the temple. Is that a church? It's, yes, it's, it's, it's basically what, what you would think of it today. Yes, it's, it's where they went and had prayer and had teaching, but over the years and over time, men and people started just coming in and making it like a yard sale. So it was like a like a flea market. Yeah, kind of like church that. and turned it into a flea market. Yeah, basically where they're just okay. setting up booths and and you know. Are they selling a little snake oil in there? Maybe, uh, probably. I mean, they were selling it for sacrifices, from what I, I looked at here. So it's kind of the same thing. Like, hey, come buy our stuff. So you can get closer to God with your sacrifices. In a church? Not even, you know, so much for God is the fact that they're sitting there making a profit and and doing trading and all of these things and and gotten so far away from what it's supposed to be used for. So they didn't just hurt Jesus's feelings or just offend Jesus. This was about the church. This was about God that he got mad about, right? Yes, like like he he says he he comes in once he plaids the whip and starts literally whipping people, whipping, you know, they got cattle in here where they're trading cattle and buying cattle and and whatever else they're they're trading and making money and and just, you know, Jesus comes in as a force. Mm-hmm. So the last time I really got worked up was people kicked my kids off a basketball court. <laughs> well, isn't it funny that I was there? <laughs> right. <laughs> How many people's almost got their preacher in a fight, right? Spent it on kick out coffee. <laughs> and I feel like if Corey wasn't the voice of reason there, it, it would have been completely different. But, but <laughs> and I said that to say like, I can't tell you the last time I almost got in a fight for defending God or, or something for God. I mean, we kind of looked that over like, oh, that's their own agenda. Well, you see people, don't talk about my mama. Yeah. Don't <laughs> <laughs> fight about that kind of stuff. Right. But, you know, you, you offend me, you offend my kids, or you do something like that. Man, I'm, Jesus or not, I'm ready to fight sometimes. And, and I don't always think that there's something wrong with that. There is actually, there's nothing wrong with what you did. Now, had you escalated <laughs> into a all out brawl? Now, let's, let's, let's back up. I didn't get into a fist fight. <laughs> right. You didn't get in a fist fight. And, but you did walk out and basically charge uh, 20 young teenagers like you were about to take <laughs> all of them up. out. They were, they were mostly in their early 20s. Okay, yes. of legal age, then that makes it. And, and I really think uh, Stephen thought with all of his mind and might that he was about to take them out. You would have gotten Liam Neeson. And, and so I'm like walking slowly in regret, but I'm like, <laughs> God, 
help us here. I mean, I know that this is probably not good, but God, if they start swinging blows, I'm probably going to have to swing blows to help my buddy. Wait, did at least one of you have on a Just Jesus shirt? Because I know Stephen didn't because you don't wear a shirt on vacation. Yeah, I really don't think we did at that time. Okay, that helps. But Shirt or no shirt, we're always a representative of God. And I really feel like I failed in that moment. But in the heat of the moment, you did—you didn't really fail. When they, when they shooed my kids away, or actually our kids away off that basketball court like they were cats. Yeah. I've never been so heated in the last five years <laughs> is what I was at that moment. But really what you did was nothing, there was nothing wrong with it. And there are times, the Bible says that you can be angry mm-hmm. and not sin. Okay, so let's let's back up. I, I made it clear that I got upset for something else, but Jesus was upset about God, the temple, the yeah, church. The, yes, everything yeah. that was sacred to God, everything. This is a place to to be building your relationship with God, your communication with God, having prayer with God, teaching of God's word. And they, like you said, they they literally had turned it into a flea marketplace. Could you imagine being one of those apostles, watching Jesus, probably sitting in the back room by himself, making this whip? Yes. You've got to be terrified. That's what I'm thinking about. And I don't know if he did that right in the the midst of people, right in the middle of the temple, or if he literally saw this and maybe he passed by yesterday and saw this going on and said, tomorrow I'm going to take care of that. So I'm sure that in my thought process, he's seen it right then as they were passing through, or maybe he was even going there to, you know, do some teaching himself or, or pray himself uh, with his apostles. And immediately he saw this and was driven to a godly anger. Um, and platted that whip. And I don't know if he did it outside the temple or if he sat down right in the middle of the temple and just stormed in and took care of business. And it's crazy, but it's a lot like he does in our lives. We got a bunch of chaos going on uh, in our own hearts spiritually. Like before he comes in, can you imagine what we got going on in our bodies, our temples? Because there's a big transformation when Jesus comes in and says, once he comes in, your temple becomes the temple, your body mm-hmm. becomes the temple of the Holy Spirit. I feel like sometimes he has to make those bold gestures because coming in, hey, guys, don't do that. You know, that doesn't always work. Sometimes you need that bold, fearful action. And and sometimes it was so powerful in what he done and not even, you know, what he said. Like, like as far as that time he come in and, you know, whip, whipped him out and and kicked over the tables and I'm sure it was very abrupt and abrasive and but there was sometimes where it was so powerful because he laid his hand on a person with leprosy or some kind of disease and they just were healed immediately or a dead person laying in a coffin 
and he just touched that person and they raised to life. Um, in many ways, he left people in awe and left them, you know, in complete silence or shock or with their mouths hanging open because this this was the son of God. He was a revolution walking around. You know, a lot like Savannah said, I remember back some football coaches or something. We all had the, the one or two that always yelled the whole time. But there's always that one quiet coach that always talked to you. But whenever he came in yelling, like it got everyone's attention because that's not his normal thing. He's normally the nice guy. He's normally the, almost the friend that kind of coached you up privately. And, but when he came in mad, you know, we really messed up. Yes. Yeah. And you were kind of how Jesus was there. Exactly right. And, and, you know, some of them people, he wasn't known as the son of God. What do you mean? How, how was he not? He was known as the Messiah there, right? No. He was still... Even the whole time Jesus was walking the earth, I mean, you had to have faith in him. You had to acknowledge and in your heart believe and, and, and see these miracles that he was doing and believe like this is the Messiah. This has got to be the Son of God. But most people were just passing through in his life with disbelief and and never would ever look at him as you know the messiah or the son of god but he did do great teachings and did do great miracles and the word had probably gotten around but even still he was probably like the guy on the street corner preaching oh crazy joe or whoever yeah, and he probably looked huh. like a crazy fool to some of those people that was even in the temple doing the buying and trading. So he hadn't made his reputation as anything. He was just some guy coming by. To a lot of people, yes. Okay. Oh, well, they didn't have the news. They didn't have social media. I mean, it was literally either you saw it with your own eyes mm-hmm. or it was the word of mouth, right? Yeah. So it would be different. Yeah, so when he came in, even to the Pharisees, the spiritual religious leaders, Jewish leaders at that time, you know, they didn't look at him as the son of God. They didn't look at him as this miraculous Messiah coming through. They they looked at him as a fool. Like this dude saying he's the son of well, God and th- people think he's the Messiah. That's uh, crazy. One person busting up in there and whipping everybody. Like, that That's what I'm saying. The, the authority... That yeah. he carried around, even without people even knowing who he was, he did have this miraculous, authoritative uh, presence. His Every- light was shining bright. Yes. Everywhere he went and came in. That's why I said a revolution. He was like uprooting the whole community everywhere he went in a, a massive way with like a wave of, whoa, who's this dude? Well, you know, if you think about it, if you walk into a room with confidence, people are drawn to you. They notice you. If you walk in and you feel like you look good, you know, people <laughs> notice and feel it. So he's yeah. strutting his stuff, maybe. But, but he doesn't care what anybody thinks. He's no. just worried about. That's, that is key, too. You you got a good point, Savannah. But no, yeah. But that's a good what Stephen said is both. good too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause he did not care what anybody thought. Like 
Yeah. He was on a mission to do what God had said. Like the next, if we read it here in John 2, 15. Yeah, hold on. Before we do that real quick, Corey, yeah, I'd ahead. like to talk about, so you said when you walk into a room with confidence. Yes. Is that based on what you're wearing, how you look, how your hair fell that day? Which, I mean, what, what's that based on? It's uh-huh. not based on, unless it's a fake confidence, but generally your confidence is based on my what you look like. True. You know, my con- like, you know, we were talking about earlier, if I were to walk into a room, how I'm looking right now, I'm just going to kind of meekly breeze on through. But now... And how do you look right now? I literally rolled out of bed after my trip. I was tired. I have on pajama-like clothes, no makeup. But... No, I, I would just kind of like doo, 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 go through my right <laughs> go now. through the motions. That's all of us, yeah. If but now, if I got my hair fixed, I, we, I've never had an issue with confidence. My parents most definitely built my confidence from birth. <laughs> that I, you know, I'm gonna walk in the room feeling good about myself. Yeah, and and too, you want to make it real clear too, because there's a, a thin thin line between. Arrogance, yeah, and confidence. I hope that I don't portray the arrogance, but I want to feel confident because it makes me feel better. Uh, Imagine the worst haircut you ever got. Oh, I've been there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it happened more times than I can count. I remember the time I got that super bad haircut. Oh yeah, yeah. It was supposed to be a pixie cut, but it was like really short on one side. It was. An asymmetrical, unfortunate pixie cut. Right. No matter where you went, you had to have that self, self-doubt self a little bit. No matter what confidence you carried around. The only place I went was to go get another haircut. <laughs> right. So w- yep. we base our confidence a lot on our own self-worth. But Jesus didn't do that. No, Jesus he didn't. Jesus was all about, he knew his place on this earth was to spread the word of God, to bring people to the kingdom. It's hard to put into words, but when you get God... On your side, the Bible says, if God be for you, who can be against you? Like there's something inside of each of us when God brings a whole host of heaven with his son, Jesus, and the Trinity, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, the power of God that's empowering us and Jesus. Like Jeremiah said, your word is in my heart, shut up in my bones like a fire. Like he did not care. And and when you get to be a Christian that is really on the mission field, and you're not caring about what anybody thinks or what anybody says, you're here to do the will of God. Like the apostles asked Jesus once, hey, you've went so many days without eating. Like you need to eat. You need to take meat and eat. And he said, I have meat that you know not of, that you don't even know about. My meat, my food is to do the will of him that sent me. And it says Jesus made a whip from some ropes and chased them all out of the temple in John 2, 15. He drove out the sheep, the cattle, scattered the money changers, the coins over the floor and turned over their tables. And he says this. He says it in his own red letters. 
It is written, My house shall be called the house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. It's blasphemy. So you're just coming in here, you know, doing your thing to profit yourself and to put money in your pocket and probably manipulate and deceive people. And it's all about you and your worth and your gain. We're all guilty of that. Yeah, and that's why Jesus says again, if a man gains the whole world and lose his soul, what would it profit him? Or what would he give in exchange for his soul? Come back full circle to what do you do in retaliation that, that looks like Jesus? It's, it's not always about being helpless. Jesus was not helpless. You, you think about a very harmless you know, person that has no significance or, or can do nothing for theirself, and it's not really like that. That's nice to know. We don't have to just take it, like you said. Yeah, I mean, you can justly... You don't have to maliciously retaliate. Yeah, you don't have to punch somebody in the face or you don't have to get physical or actually even attack them mentally or their a person's character. Mm-hmm. It, it's about saying things, but saying things justly, saying things truthfully, uh, speak the truth in love, like. If somebody does you wrong, there's nothing wrong with saying something about it. Can we still plied that whip? <laughs> right. When do, when do we choose who Violent. to forgive and yeah. who to move past and who to retaliate against? And there, there's got to be a guideline or a rule or, or something we can follow for that, right? Or do we just wait for God to give us the answer? Well... A lot of times we don't take the time for God to give us the answer. And, and it's because it sounds like Jesus took his time. He didn't just see something and bust up in there. It took him a little while to plod that whip. Yes. And he had time and a lot of time to mm-hmm. think about exactly what he was going to do. So I guess it's the best thing to always do is just walk away from a literal moment of, you know, if somebody was wanting to get to the place to where they were so mad they were ready to fight, you you never want to go to swinging blows. You want to try to do whatever you can to de-escalate the moment, to to even walk away from from the moment. But like in the situation with your kids. You know, you stepped out on the court and just said, whoa, 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 you can't just drive my kids off. This this is wrong. You know, this is this is not the way this is going to happen or take place. You know, this they have right to this court just like you have right to this court. But isn't that you're standing up for someone in that moment who couldn't stand up for themselves to those people, right? Yeah, but even if it was you that was playing, which is a great way to look at it, um, you're standing up for somebody that's helpless. Um, mm-hmm. I got in most of my fights in, in high school because I was trying to stand up for somebody. So did you, Stephen. Um, but I could have probably 
not fought and still fix the moment? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I'd probably like to fight a little more then. <laughs> so what makes this different than our forgiveness episode? Retaliation is something we do in the heat of the moment. Forgiveness takes time sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yes, and it's those different types of situations that that make it different. Like, I know we had looked at uh, this about him plaiting a whip, but, you know, Jesus also says, if a man hits you or smites you on one cheek, you also turn and give him the other. It doesn't say hit him back. It actually does not say hit him back. Yeah. And and that's kind of where we're going with the retaliation. Yeah. And every situation is different, but. That's so hard. If somebody punches me in the face to just say, okay, walk away. Yeah. And really, you should try with everything. Most people get themselves so far in that they make enough wrong decisions to get themselves punched in the face. We were always taught never to throw the first punch, but the last. I, I was never taught that. I was I was taught if you think somebody wants to fight, punch them. <laughs> <laughs> well, but what I always heard, I maybe you was coached that in private, but I always heard. Maybe your mom taught you something. I know. Right? His dad taught him now, something. I was taught or, if you get punched first, you might not get a chance to throw a punch. Um, yeah, I guess they figured I wasn't going to be punching anybody. Right, yeah. I've heard both of those, uh, but really, in all honesty, <laughs> you should do everything you can to not fight at all. And really, most of the time, you know, the Bible says a soft answer turns away wrath. You can you could walk away and turn away from a lot of situations that you never even really have to give the power or to keep it going by saying words. You know, to keep talking or to keep escalating the the whole situation. You know, it's amazing that you can say that. You, you've come a long way because, you know, it sounds like you guys both did some fighting in high school. But to be able to say that as an adult now that... I'm a completely different person, by the way. Oh, yeah, I I, yeah, I didn't know you in high school. In high school, I was just about in a fight every other day. Well, it comes with maturity. People fight for different reasons. People avoid fights for different reasons. Whether it's it's fear of getting in trouble or fear of getting hurt. Whatever those are, people avoid fights. Just like, like you might have found fights because you were anti-fear you know you weren't worried about that you just wasn't going to let something stand but with maturity we learn to avoid those things other ways to handle those things you don't let your emotions your retaliation that thought process of all right they did what let me go fight let's fight Mm -hmm. well you were clearly obviously in a different mind space in your faith and life at the point well i was but i really did um i really did want to please God. And in those times too, I was just a lot more immature mm-hmm. because like we said, most of the time I was trying to help somebody. Yeah. I, I was trying to stand up for somebody else. And there was times that, that people were getting picked on and I could just literally show up as a, a big brother effect maybe and just let that person know, hey, before you start messing with this person, I'm here now too. So, so 
You know, and I wouldn't always be swinging blows. But, is it, you know, that almost kind of justifies you were protecting someone else. But was there other ways he could protect them? Yes, I, I, I would have never. For sure. That's the point. And, and I would have never thought back then, hey, let's talk this out. You know, no. this you really don't want to go this route because it, it's not going to end up the way me nor you want it. So it's just about different ways of reacting and responding. Uh, many times we react because somebody pulls out in front of us on the road. We, you know, we just blow up and people start throwing fingers and rolling a window down and screaming or even stopping and getting out like they're ready to fight and not even taking into consideration, which is what maturity is, that that person may not have seen you. Mm-hmm. I look at driving a lot like <laughs> a, a lot like uh, the internet, like a lot like social media. I know plenty of people that you talk to them in real life. They're meek, mild, nice, polite yes. people. Yes. You put them behind a keyboard in a comment section. They are different people. Yeah, if you're behind that wheel, or closed up in wheel. your car. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing. You're in that little box in your car. You're invisible. You you can't be touched. That's, I can act however I want to act. That's a Great. But you have to, th- and I think it's a great about, perspective. Jesus is always watching, right? And 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 that could be Jesus in the car next to you. And, you know, maturity is is us in our real life, but it's also in our Christian walk. Yeah, and if a person could, and it may even not even help some people, but if you could literally think, just just think of any moment where you've ever started to embark in something or to do something that you knew was wrong. Right. Whatever that looks like, just fill in the blank. And then somebody walks in the room that you weren't expecting. Somebody comes on the scene that maybe you look up to, that that maybe is important in your life. And and then you're like, bam, whoa. You, you would never do those things at that point you know mm-hmm. what if somebody got in the car with you that your your pastor your preacher or or a, an old coach or somebody that really you really looked up to a mentor all i'm saying is jesus god the father is always in the room mm-hmm. in the car in the situation looking at us and watching the bible says the eyes of the lord are in every place beholding looking seeing the evil and the good all right i got one last question for you Corey. we can look through this book the bible and find whatever we want as savannah mentioned an eye for an eye Mm -hmm. we can find where jesus went into a temple kicked over chairs made a whip and made a stand so we can we can find anything to justify all of our actions i think so what is, what's now? What's real? What is, what is something we need to look to for advice? How do we, or what does the Bible now currently say about retaliation? Is it okay sometimes? Is it okay when we can justify it? Or is it just never okay? Well, I heard somebody uh, say something great the other day. The Bible says, blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. And this person said, the word meek is, is it, there's a better translation for it. There's a better way to say it. 
And it's saying somebody that has a sword and somebody that knows how to use the sword, but still keeps it sheathed. And knowing that you're not harmless Mm -hmm. and just coming into any situation in every situation, not like you're going to be helpless, but knowing how to help the situation and being present in the situation to do it in a just way. And not knocking somebody's head off or, you know, throwing up some gesture at them in, on the road or, or driving them off the road or getting out of your car or saying, let's pull over and fight or wherever you are, just remaining calm in whatever you're doing in the situation to de-escalate the situation. Mm-hmm. So every situation's different. There is no black and white answers. It is all in the gray. We have learned this from the rear. There's never going to be a black and white answer wow. for anything. You know, if I came in this room and Corey says, yeah, you just can't do that anymore. <laughs> no, <laughs> there's right, not. Cool. And I'm not saying I will. I'm not saying I'll be successful. I, I will fail, but at least it's clear. But this is a, this is a way to look at this too. I mean, just say somebody was so outrageous and so full of chaos that some crazy person, say you just walked into a place with your family, and some crazy person just came in and was going to start welling on your family. That This is not a time where you're going to turn the other cheek. Mm-hmm. This is a time that you would protect your family and you would fight that person off Mm -hmm. to keep you and your family protected. So there's different scenarios that, like if some person is actually talking and maybe you pulled out in front of them and they got so mad that they were going to attack you or they were ready to, you don't just start throwing blows at that point. Mm-hmm. You want to do what you can do to make peace in every situation. Having a sword and knowing how to use it, but knowing most of all to keep it sheathed and when to keep it sheathed. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're a person that takes martial arts or, or karate They never teach you just to fight, to fight. They make you able to fight. They make you able to to protect. But they teach you self-discipline to always first de-escalate the moment. Don't let the flames get higher. Don't let uh, the heat get hotter in the situation. Do everything you can to walk away, to speak in a, a, a low voice, to, to give a soft answer. And that's what turns away wrath. Jesus said in his own red letters, do unto others as you would have done unto yourself. If you wouldn't want it done to you, 
then try to be logical in this situation and do everything you can to not let it get to a place that it shouldn't be where either of you or them are getting harmed physically or even mentally. Try your best to handle it with love, with peace, with patience, like Jesus would. Be blessed.